Life's a game, the world's a stage, and we are merely role players, where theatrical people play role playing games. I'm Matt Boothman, and I'm your compare for this main house production. Here on Merely Role Players, we improvise stories for your entertainment and our own, and we use role playing games to keep the story going places even we can't see coming. Because as theatrical people, we're all about maximising the drama. This episode is part of our current main house production, Vigil Bad Dog. To tell this story, we're playing Monster of the Week, a role-playing game by Michael Sands, published by Evil Hat. So please take your seats in the main house. Tonight's production is about to begin. Vigil, a Merely Role Player's main house production. Bad Dog, Act 2 of 5. Hi there, my name's Alexander Pankhurst and I play Graham the Summoned. Graham's just your average accountant who happens to be a demon and is destined to bring about the apocalypse. You know, just your regular, average stuff. I'm Ellie, and I play Percy Byron, the Exile, a Victorian monster hunter and half-sister to Ada Lovelace. Percy tried to time travel to 1666 to stop the summoning of an apocalyptic demon, but something went wrong, and she landed here in the present day. I'm Josh, and I play Ginny Greenteeth, the Spellslinger. In the Dark Ages, soothsayer Ginny was chased from her village under suspicion of witchcraft. Now, many centuries later, she is the proud owner of a local tourist attraction and gift shop in Sheridan. I'm Nat, and I play Gwynedd the Divine. Gwyn was once a shield maiden of the triple goddess, the Morrigan. After interfering with one of her schemes by rescuing a mortal man, the Morrigan banished Gwyn to live life as a duck in what became Sheridan's duck pond. Now released from her curse thousands of years later, Gwyn is trying to forge a new life as part of the local National Trust team that's finding it difficult to stay under the radar. And what you see is a short video shot vertically. Out of one side of the frame comes a police officer running on all fours. Is it possible that what we thought might have been a police officer is actually a security guard? Was it definitely a police officer? We're on our way to the Abbey. Oh, not where they're doing that horrible new development, are they? The site hoardings say, brought to you by Voop Regeneration, a member of Lundell Group, monitored and patrolled by P&Q Security, a member of Lundell Group. There are boot prints which give way to clawed running bounding tracks. You lot, what have you done with Scott? There is a scared looking PNQ security guard wielding a taser just a little way away from the four of you. We try and create a distra- distraction and then just run away from this guy. Gra- Graham is gonna um, grab the camera from from you, the body cam, and just walk over to the to the, the gentleman with don't the taser. Don't move! I, no, no I, was, I was just saying. Um, Scott ripped this off and then ran away. Don't try and sell me that. That doesn't. I don't believe you. Oh, <laughs> you've taken that off him. What's your What's the game here? Um, um, unfortunately, there is there is no game, um, and I'm going to try and use magic, and take an inhale on my <laughs> cigarette and just blow it into his face. Um, cursed dice tower at the ready. Roll, um, roll weird, which is plus one. It's seven. No eight. Yeah. So what's the glitch? Uh, 
it has the effect is weakened. The effect is of short duration. Uh, we'll go short duration, sure. um, which means we can run away. Um, <laughs> yeah, nice. yeah. So what were you going for? What's the effect? Um, I'm going to blow smoke in his face, and it's just going to kind of crawl up his nose <laughs> into his his skull, and he's just going to kind of just go <clears throat> and fall over. Amazing. Um, so he's gone to sleep as well. He's gone to sleep as well. Yeah. Sleepy time. Cool. I, I I look at everyone pointedly and say, "Looks like we called them." Sleeping on the job. We didn't catch them, we made them sleep. Right. Okay, no, no, no fair, fair enough, fair enough, I'll take that. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll keep that for, for later. Um, that, was, that, was a, that was a practice run, anyway. Um, <laughs> right. That was me attempting to say a, a, a pithy one-liner. I failed. Oh, oh I see, I see. Um, so uh, I you were no, just no, misunderstanding no, 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 the situation. No, that, that, that's in, fine. That's fine. Okay. Um, you well, put one of them to sleep. You see, which is why I was confused that you would be misunderstanding. Percy just starts cycling. And oh, Graham is yanked <laughs> off his feet, <laughs> fleeing the scene as two unconscious, magically sleeping. Oh, can we grab the other guy's body count at the same time? You certainly can. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, fleeing camless. P&Q security guards, sleeping as you all flee the scene. So, a collection of ancient and otherworldly beings with not huge knowledge of the modern world have got their hands on a couple of security body cams. How are they going to get the footage off? Magic! (laughs) (laughs) It's an option. Uh, Yeah, give it a go. Oh, okay. Uh, Or we could try going to the library. Yeah, that's free, free, free computers. Yeah, old yeah. people, technology, library, mm-hmm. probably. Yeah. This is very much like Gwyn would expect Percy to be the arbiter of this knowledge. <laughs> and it's just like... Yeah. yeah Percy's not totally up to date, but Percy was all... Percy knows technology. Percy mm. Yeah, yeah. He's a savvy person. Yeah, Percy is an There's engineer. just a lot to catch up on. Yes, mm-hmm. I think exactly. Graham would probably know quite a bit as well, to be fair, because... He's he been he's been on yeah. Earth for ten years, mm. yeah. so it's not like he's going to be like. What? <laughs> I think Graham works with computers, yeah. so you know, he's learning Excel. Does he have a computer? He's allowed one, yeah. <laughs> but does he have one? Yeah. Okay. So we could, we could use Graham's computer. Um, so we go to Graham's office then. Cool. Uh, remind us vaguely what Graham's office is like. It is. In Graham's eyes, quite sort of standard, but when you go in there, it looks like something from Dante's Inferno. Or it looks like it could have been lifted from a picture of Dante's Inferno. It's lots of dark wood, red leather, very grand, and he just like bimbles in, sits down, he's got the odd-shaped skull on the wall that he found in the bin behind behind, um, Subway. Um, It's probably like a mouse skull. Um, some of his favourites, and uh, yeah, he just sits down by his computer, and uh, let's let's see if if Graham's got the right cable. And you, you share the building, right? We establish mm. that in playtime. Like you do have, there's other people around who use the kitchen and the water cooler mm. and and that kind of thing. So there's other accountancy firms and that kind of thing, and and they sort of don't quite know whether you're a member of which firm you're a member of. <laughs> But yeah, so there's other people about, mm. um, but you do have a, a private office with a door you can shut, so all of you can get in there. Can I access this room? Probably not, no, because mm. you don't have the right access pass, because you're not me. <laughs> <laughs> but in, the, in not in that way, I meant in a, like... Have if, I protected if, it? Have you, have you protected it in any way? Yeah, like, if this room is kind of Inferno-affiliated, mm. can a Fae, Woodland, Morrigan-affiliated being step over the threshold or not and that's down to you probably not then if if, yeah. if that if that's like a good because like if one of the first signs was me taking my throne which is just me sitting yeah. in my office chair because that next, happens to look a bit fancy my next question was going to be do we all know that that was a sign of the apocalypse that you sat on your th- your chair Gwyn is probably the one who most likely to know Mm-hmm. Because we've established that, like you know, that Graham is potentially a harbinger of some great terrible mm-hmm. event, and so you might be keeping an eye. But also, if you were uh, unducked more recently than Graham was summoned, then yeah. it, that might have happened before mm. your time. So maybe you, if you're sort of looking in through the door at this office, you might see the chair and get some sort of twinge. Yeah, yeah. I guess then. Uh, has Graham pre-warned? Has he thought about this? Or do we just... I just go in, tries to walk not. in and just can't. 
Maybe, yeah. I hadn't. Maybe it's like he hasn't even considered that you're going to be stopped from coming yeah. in. Yeah. So I'm like, boop, 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 boop. wander in, and you just like, bam. Yeah. It's as if there's a plate glass yeah. over the yeah. door, and you just and there's, not a, get through. there's an immediate whiff of sulphur. That oh, oh great. Um, <laughs> what? No, that wasn't me. You'll know it is me. Oh. Well, perhaps we should uh, put put the camera into the computer and try and get this done nice and quickly. Oh no, you don't put the camera into the computer. You connect it to the computer with a cable. Just, just <laughs> nice and quickly, love. Okay. Okay. I, um, I'm going out here then. Sorry, I, I don't know why you can't come in. The door, the door is open. I, I can see that. And she kind of tentatively like touches, I guess the the doorway. The doorway. But like your palm heats like... up the closer that you yeah. get to but it. But bad fire, because yeah. she's used to dealing You've with fire, but this is mm. bad fire. Mm-hmm. Bad fire. Oh. Hellfire. Hellfire. Well, I'll stay in the corridor. Graham, you don't have the right cable, but you're pretty sure that somebody in this office will. Ah, I, I, see. I, th- I think, I, think I, I don't have the right cable. Um, uh, I've got the, the one connector fits into the computer, as, as I would expect. Um, the other one doesn't fit into the... Uh, to the to the camera. Let me just have a quick look at that, Graham. Oh, for goodness sake. And she pulls out a component pantry mm. normally filled with bits of moss and dirt and eye of Newton stuff. And she sort of... No, 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 we won't need any organic. Oh, no, this, I think this is the exact cable I borrowed this from Cameron a little while ago. There you go, darling. I sort of brush dirt and grime off it and blow into the cable a couple of times to remove any sort of, like... Um, detritus. detritus. Yeah. This is this is a, a cable that Cam has been using to set up some sort of audiovisual setup so that he can show you all those movies he's always on about. Yes, mm. yeah, absolutely. We haven't got around to watching Lord of the Rings just yet. <laughs> well, is that the one that you need? Um, but, would you look at that? Yes, it yes it is. Um, I, I plug it in and I plug it into the computer and and I just I, I wait to see if anything happens. Yeah. So what happens is that it takes you to a website. Mm-hmm. Um, it sort of auto-launches a browser on your computer, takes you to a site, and the kind of you know service information on the site indicates that this brand of body cam is kind of networked, so they don't keep any footage on the camera itself, but because you've plugged it in, you now have access to the central Ooh, server. Oh, that's, oh, that's amazing. So you can access the footage not just from this cam that you've got right here, mm. but all of the P&Q body cams. Can I have a look through the files? Absolutely, take 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 a look. Okay, Ginny is going to uh, investigate the files. I imagine with a lot of Graham having to like ghost stand behind you and mm. manipulate the mouse mm. with like his hand on your hand mm. on the mouse. Cameron's been teaching me a lot, <laughs> yeah, but Ginny is still a little bit slower than you'd expect. Percy's getting increasingly uncomfortable with the sort of Titanic situ or, or ghost. Graham standing behind Ginny, lovingly touching her hand on the mouse mm. situation. And, and as, as Ginny's combing through hours and hours of different employees' body cam footage, like people keep sort of walking past Gwyn in the corridor. Yeah. <laughs> Can I get you a coffee? Um, I'm on a. I'm doing a run. Uh, great. Yes, that'll be nice. Are you, are you new? Oh, are you working with? Uh, yes. With him in there. Yes. Ooh. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'll get. Uh, How do you take it? In a cup. Great, okay. You get like a couple of encounters like that yeah. with, with people like trying to be office friendly but not knowing who the hell you are. She's Yeah, she's like stood against the wall next to the doorway, kind of arms folded, kind of leaning, looking a bit awkward, generally looking around and then also kind of looking at the doorway. So first of all, Ginny Greenteeth, can you roll Investigate a Mystery? Yeah! Let's shot. Let me take those two dice. Uh, so... Uh, so that is eight total. Okay, ask one question from Investigate Mystery. What was it going to do? So you managed to find the body cam first person footage from the incident. And it is labelled as uh, Hugh Sawyer was the person wearing the cam at the time. And there is about an hour of kind of dull footage of the area around one of the site entrances. He would have been on duty alone, so nobody else visible. After you know scrubbing through the footage a little while, you find a point where it kind of jerks. So this is mounted on his chest, so you're seeing this kind of slightly below where he, his eye level would have been. You see movement that seems to indicate that he might have like heard a noise or been, been disturbed by something. 
you see the taser come up, so you're almost looking like a first-person shooter, as he turns and enters the Abbey Link's sight. And as soon as he steps over the threshold, the viewpoint changes and becomes much more chaotic, mostly showing the ground as sort of putting this together with the video footage you saw. He would have been sort of bounding along on all fours, his chest facing the ground. You get sort of muddled shots of this group of youths that he comes upon. And the sort of new thing that you get that you didn't have in the original video is that you can hear very clearly what he is sort of yelling, growling, as he bounds along towards these youths. Get out! Private property! I also have a bonus question with my forensic divination ability. Yeah. What magic was done here? So putting together Graham's observation of the tracks and the original video, which didn't show any kind of transformation, it just looked like a man running on all fours, and kind of the angle of this body cam video, he's further off the ground than he should have been. And so you can surmise from this that there is some sort of magical component to this that perhaps there is some sort of form that formed around him that had claws. So there is a kind of a magical transformation happening, but it is not a transmogrification of his body. It is his body becoming like the seed kernel for something spectral and magical that forms around him that is not showing up on the cameras. Ah, so it's either a glamour or projection or just something... Something sort of like um, inhabiting his body and using it to run around. It's Which, like ghost armour. Mm, yeah. yeah. Except that you, you've obviously seen Graham, you have a great experience of Graham's glamours, mm-hmm. and Graham's glamours are not solid. Mm. And sure. this, this, if it glamour or projection or whatever you want to call it, made physical tracks in the yeah. ground. Well, we're dealing with something very otherworldly, aren't we? And of course, uh, as you're seeing all of this, the, the screen faces away from the door, so... Gwyn is just seeing you peering and all this revelation appearing on your face and Gwyn has no idea what, what's what happening. Um, I, I wander out to, to explain to you what, what's going on um, and sort of try and sort of beckon you in again. I literally cannot walk through the door. Actually, I'm going to put a pin in that conversation okay. because oh, yes. whilst they're investigating, whilst Gwyn is kind of leaning outside the door, I would like to investigate the door... Mm-hmm. And kind of probing to see what Graham's deal is in a way. Okay. Uh, so what might be preventing... If he's not actively set this up, what might be preventing me from getting in there? I tell you what this is. This is investigate a mystery, but it is not the usual monster investigate a mystery questions. There is another set of investigate a mystery questions that are related to phenomena. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, I guess I need to roll anyway. Yeah, so um, give us a roll plus sharp. Yeah. Oh, that is a seven total. Okay, so you get uh, get one question get still. Get one question. I want to link it as much as possible to Graham the Apocalypse. Uh-huh. Okay. The question that relates to Graham the Apocalypse is what could slow it down, but in the context of what I can find uh-huh. out just from this door, this force yeah. field, I guess is what could fix it slash cure it. Mm-hmm. My take on that question is, mm-hmm. um, is there a way that my magic, the fey god magic, mm-hmm. works that will actually ever have an effect on your extraplanar demonic magic? Yes, but you will have to take this higher up the hierarchy. Yeah, that makes sense. So you've got inferno magic, which is governed by the demons of the inferno. You've got your fey magic, which comes, a lot of yours comes from the Morrigan and comes from that kind of uh, side of things. You, on your own, probably can't neutralise the effect of this demonic magic that's keeping you out of this room. Mm -hmm. But if there could be some sort of uh, negotiation higher up the chain between. If only I had someone yeah. higher up that was yeah. more powerful. Between, to talk between to. somebody okay, higher yeah, yeah. than you on your side and somebody higher than Graham on his side, that yeah. they could talk and then maybe an agreement could be reached that would allow you to enter this room slash affect yeah. demonic. In, magic. in the grand scheme of things, like entering this room is, is yeah. minor, but yeah. <laughs> but yes, you know that would be the starting point, and then that would allow you yeah. to start to have some influence over that domain of magic and beings. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, the instant answer to this is 
This is above my pay grade. Yep. <laughs> right, so Gwyn has worked that out. Mm-hmm. Ginny has worked out some stuff from the body mm-hmm. cam. What's going on, all of you? We need to go somewhere that is neutral ground where Gwynedd is able to join in the conversation. Does anybody fancy a barrel breakfast? Oh, always. I was actually waiting on a coffee. Someone was going to bring me here, but I... I they, believe they, they don't know me. No, and they do also do coffee at the cafe. Fine. The bell on the door of the Diner's Delight rings several times as uh, the four of you enter. Beryl is presumably in the kitchen. You can't see her right now. Ronnie is behind the counter on the cash register. It's the middle of the day. There's not too many full tables. There's there's only a couple of people in here reading papers. Uh, important point of mm-hmm. uh, business. Is there an apostrophe in Diner's Delight and have they put it in the right place? <laughs> Ooh. No, surely not. Yes and no, mm, I think is the only possible correct answer. So is it singular Diner's Delight? Yeah, diner, yeah. yeah, I think delight. so. Yeah. yeah, Like, the diner is delight. <laughs> yeah. I guess we're all sitting here waiting for our breakfast yeah. to be delivered. Delivered? <laughs> or to the table. Have I ever told you the story of how young Cameron and I came to know each other and how he came into my employ? I don't believe you have, no. no. Oh. I was tracking and trying to tackle a werewolf that was haunting uh, the woods around Sheridan. Do werewolves haunt? Uh, I guess metaphorically speaking they do, but I don't think you're really um, paying much attention to me here. Uh, We set up a trap. I set up a trap. This is before I knew Cameron. I set up a trap. I pretended to be a little old lady who'd fallen down in the woods, and I was calling out, Ouch, I've hurt myself. Oh, goodness me, please come and help me. Oh, that that does work. It does. uh, Yeah, I think that's where I might have learnt it from. (laughs) Anyway, it worked. The trap was sprung, the lycanthrope ran towards me, ready to tear me limb from limb. I began to power up my my wind-forceful storm magic to take it down, and out of nowhere a fire axe flies through the air and embeds itself into the side of the werewolf. Cameron, in his his long leather jacket and his handsome broad features, leaps from a nearby bush and shoots it down with that big shotgun of his. Now, at the time, I was absolutely livid because I had it all under control and he had to come in and try and interfere and try and save an old lady's life. She really doesn't like that. I don't like that at all. But what I'm trying to communicate in my story is perhaps we could try and spring another similar trap to draw out this individual. Oh, so that story wasn't just an excuse to describe how very attractive and alluring you find Cameron to be. I don't find him attractive, uh, or in that particular way. He's far too young for me. He's about 600 years younger than I am. Yeah, so you're right. He's particularly... probably, probably no one of age is going to be attracted to him at all. No. staring into her mug. <laughs> yeah, she's just... <laughs> <laughs> just shoots a look over at Gwen. <laughs> I think she's just completely phased out the, the entire story, so hasn't noticed until you're staring at him. And she's like, huh? <laughs> But anyway, maybe that's an avenue that we could explore. We could return to the site of the, uh, the building site at night, sneak in. One of us doesn't have to be me, can pretend to be, you know, a damsel or a gentleman in distress. It would draw the attention of this creature. And then the rest of us, from hiding places, spring into action. I think a trap is a good idea, but it seems, judging from the behaviour of the creature, that rather than being someone in distress, we should try and be trespassers. Youths trying to sneak in. Hmm. Oh. So we should dress up as youths. Maybe I could wear a, a baseball cap. No, 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 my love. I, 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 like I enjoy a beanie myself. Ah, no, darlings, I, I don't think we have to be young. I don't think it's attracted only to young people that are in there. <laughs> right. So age is not... It's, it's not ageist. That's good. Potentially. No. Ronnie brings your breakfasts. She's uh, about 16. She's got dyed hair. Uh, and as she sets your breakfast down, you can see that uh, she's got a bandage on one hand and she seems to be favouring one side. Uh, but she sets your breakfasts down and she moves away back behind the counter. That's probably unimportant. Anyway, let's have a second. I have heard working in a kitchen is incredibly dangerous. Um, she probably dropped a large tin of beans on her foot. Uh, right, who's going to go and talk to her? I, I vote. Hear. I vote not me. I can hear you from here. It's not <laughs> oh, a very big oh. diner. Oh, oh, Ronnie, you and your young ears. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll go and have a word with her. See if there's anything that she can tell us. All right. Old lady, wander, waddle over towards her. 
Hello, love. Thank you for the breakfast. I will be tucking into that very, very soon. It'll, it'll go cold. Well, what can I do for you? I just wondered what you've done to your hand, my lovey. Oh, oh, that's nothing. But well, what about what about your side? You seem to have like hurt something. Have you have you come off your BMX or something? <laughs> Roll the shot. <laughs> oh. Come off your BMX. Uh, that is a uh, nine. Okay, ask one question. What was I doing there? Investigating a mystery? Yes. Ooh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's disgusting. What is being concealed here? Yeah. No, 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 we won't say that. Um, what, could I just say what's happened to her? What has caused yeah, this yeah, injury? Much. Oh, no, no, I don't, I don't, I don't, do, I don't do bikes. Uh, no, I was cl- um, uh, climbing over. I was climbing, climbing a tree. Climbing a tree? L- last night, yeah, and I um, just scraped... Scraped this and um, pulled a muscle in my side, I think. Mm. I was climbing it quite fast. I get in a little bit closer to her <laughs> and just sort of rub her shoulder in a, in a grandmotherly way. I know a lot about the trees around here, my darling. And none of them have mentioned you. You don't seem to be the type who would climb trees. So why don't you tell Ginny what actually happened? You're not part of that neighbourhood watch, are you? You're not going to, like, snitch on me to the, the guards or anything? No, my love, I don't believe in local government. <laughs> <laughs> she, she looks around, sort of looks at the, at the newspaper people and lowers her voice. Have you seen the video? The, the video that was uploaded online? Yeah. yeah. In the Abbey? Yeah, that, that's me in the video, running away um, at... You know, I got away and I hurt myself a bit going over the fence, that's all. My goodness. So what happened? A security guard came in and started chasing you? Yeah, it was so weird. Like, normally they just, uh, they yell at you and they flash their torches at you and they're like, this is private property, get away. Even though, like, we've been hanging around there for for years. Like, that's always where we we hang out after school and after dark. But uh, this one was different. He came charging at us, running on all fours and, and... Barking like a dog. It was so weird. Ginny. Ginny. Ask her why they go to the Abbey. What were you doing in the Abbey? It's just, it's, it's just a place away from town and away from people to just hang out, isn't it? I guess so. But it's a very dangerous place, even if there wasn't this strange guard chasing you. It's never been dangerous before. It's only since they put the fences up, started putting guards around, but we haven't got anywhere else to hang out. And how long ago was that? <laughs> Gwyn's now at the captain's <laughs> A couple of months ago, about the same time they started doing all the repairs on the Market Street. Hmm. Had you spotted uh, anything else strange happening after they put up the, the fences? No. Just that it was, you know, obviously harder to get in and hang out anymore. And, you know, well, the fences didn't keep us out, so they started putting guards on. And then... The guards mostly didn't keep us out either, so I guess now they're doing some... I don't know, they put him on drugs or something, I don't know. Did it feel any different? Like, when you used to go hang out there before they put the fences up, then after they put the fences up, did you feel funny? Now that you mention it, it it just feels a lot more, like, grim there now. And I figure it's mostly the fences and, and the chain link and all of that and the knowing that it's going to be a golf course. But, like, we used to hang out there and it was fun and, and we'd have a laugh. But these days, it's like we you know, huddling together and we, we have a few drinks and then mostly everybody just wants to piss off home because it just doesn't feel the same anymore. It just feels kind of unwelcoming and grim and friendly, un- un- unfriendly, you know. We need to find somewhere new. I was going to say, why do, you, why do you keep going back? It sounds terrible. Uh, it's the, where we've always gone and it's out of the way. And, the, you know, everywhere else, you hang out on the green and people shoo you off. Listen to me, my love. It's not a safe place at the moment, OK? We're going to see if there's something that, that, that we can do to make it more welcoming. Because you're right, it's not right that the, the locals are being chased out in, in, in favour of redevelopment. It's a, an absolute bloody disgrace. The mm. National Trust is investigating mm. this mm. breach of impingement on local historical sites. Darling, she doesn't care about who's looking into it. Okay. But just, you need to stay away from it for the time being, okay? For, for, for your own safety. Well, I'll try, but if everybody else is hanging out there, what am I supposed to do? Just stay at home? I, I don't think anyone else is going to want to go back there after facing down against that dogman. Oh, I don't know. Some people see it as, like, 
Mm. It's like a game. It's, can you run away from the weird, drugged-up security guards? Why didn't you hang out in the forest? Instead, it's much cooler and safer. I don't know. Mum says there's weirdos in the woods. I'm going to honk with laughter from the table <laughs> when she says that. And I, by the way, I've finished my breakfast and I've started eating uh, yeah. Jenny's. <laughs> it's mainly mushrooms. It's a veggie breakfast. <laughs> I pick a, a dried bean off the floor and ask if anyone wants, if anyone's <laughs> going to eat this. No? Okay, thanks. Okay, well, you, you stay safe. You've been very helpful. And thank you again for the breakfast. I'd say thank you, Gwyneth. Thank you, Gwyneth. <laughs> very good. <laughs> and we go back to the table. So... <laughs> Sounds like we've got bait if we want to set the trap. <laughs> we might have these young people in the trap as, it, as uh, in any case. What I would like to know is what's going on at the Abbey. Whatever is going on there, why did it decide the Abbey? Is there anything latently important? Obviously, we know there's ley lines and inherent magic, but is there anything specific about that site that whatever these people are trying to protect... Are they trying to build something on top of it? Or are they just trying to keep people out? Like, they could be on our side. If there's something there that needs preserving... Oh. I think there's a real possibility, having observed uh, society in the last period of time that I've been here, uh, that it's just it's purely capitalism. They want to build a golf course that's going to attract business, that's going to make some big wigs big bucks... And uh, they're just looking to protect their site while they do that. There might be absolutely no magical reason behind it at all. No magical reason why that security guard turned into a giant dog thing. No magical reason behind it, as in the motivation is not magical. Okay. The means are clearly magical. So we don't think it's a demonic golf course? I think potentially I would, I would have no, I would have noticed if it was a demonic golf course. Um, there's always um, 666 holes. <laughs> That's a very long round of golf. But I, I agree with Percy. It's it, These people are interested in nothing but lining their own pockets. In any case, we should investigate at night mm. when this creature might come out again. And we can we can ask it what it is. Although you said that you, you heard it saying, well, this is private property, you shouldn't be here, or something mm. to that effect. But that's pretty much exactly what the guards said to us during the day. Is it just that we haven't tried to poke our noses in conspicuously hmm. during the day like it could happen hmm. at any time we didn't actually tr- I mean I did but no one else tra- trespassed actually on the site you were fairly undercover at the time yeah I I mean I I don't mind I could try walking in and if anything comes I can just fly away true this if it's true. the kind of person that turns into a, a big dog creature I don't think they're going to be hmm. fussed about me sprouting wings hmm. also they're not aiming to hurt people mm. as it seems no. just for them to leave the site so we could all go in yes go there after dark and see what happens or just daytime or just now mm. or do we think is there any other do you want to look in any books Percy I know you'd like to do that is there anything you think <laughs> well I looked in my brain and couldn't find anything useful so um... hmm. let, let, let's, let's, let's go I, I, think, I think you might be right I, I don't think it's a nighttime um, exclusive mm. activity so we could go back there and and, and check it out, but actually... Just just wander onto the site. Just wander onto the site and be a bit more conspicuous about it. Um, I, I don't think that they're going to be very happy to see us, considering that we assaulted two members of their staff and they know uh, our faces. Yes. They may well no, still there be is asleep. That. They may well still be asleep. Oh my goodness, I hope not. That's 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 one way route to permanent brain damage if they're still unconscious at this rate. How hard did you did you smack him? No, I gave him a magically induced nap. Oh dear, that's that's a coma. <laughs> Gwyned, we've been through this. It's very dangerous to mortal brains. All right, lovies. It's me, Matt, your compare, reminding you that lyric sheets for the sing-along sections are available from the bar. While you're warming up your vocal cords, let's take a quick look through the programme, shall we? We're now just a couple of weekends away from the stage debut of Merely Roleplayers in Lights Out, our show at the London Horror Festival. On Sunday the 24th of October, at 8.30pm, I will perform the role of the darkness that destroyed the Blackout 4, themselves performed by Alexander Pankhurst, Natalie Winter, Helen Stratton, and Strat. All we know about the Blackout Four is that they all died in the pitch-dark tunnels of the London Underground. 
but as long as our ring of candles keeps the darkness at bay, we'll flip tarot cards to learn the truth about their fate. If you'd like a bit more detail about how we'll be using the candles and tarot cards to tell this tragic story, I'll be sharing the rules we've developed in my newsletter this month. We started with the role-playing game Ten Candles by Stephen Dewey of Cavalry Games, and we hacked and tweaked and fine-tuned from there to come up with something we think is going to be fast and exciting and easy to follow for a live audience. If you want to know all the details, go to foggyoutline.com and enter your email address. As for the show itself, the early bird ticket deal has now expired, but you can still get a discount if you book both Lights Out and Blackshaw's Scare Slam at the same time. The Scare Slam is on the same day in the same venue at 6.30pm, so it really just makes sense to see both shows. You can get tickets from londonhorrorfestival.co.uk, by calling The Pleasants on 0207 609 1800, or by following the links right here in the programme notes. Next time I talk to you like this, it'll be the week of the show. Can't wait to see you there. Of course, we are not the only shows playing at the London Horror Festival in this, its 10th anniversary year. If you're like me and you're into slightly meta-genre-aware horror, you might also want to check out Birdwatching, a scripted show by Miranda Barrett, produced by Anarchy Division, which opens a couple of days before we do. It's a psychological horror about people trying to make a horror film, so like I said, a little bit meta. I'll let someone from the company explain a bit more. Then, please return to your seats in the main house, as we continue Vigil, Bad Dog, Act 2 of 5. At the centre of a forest, in a bitingly cold winter, three young people make a horror film. As the temperature drops and the light starts to die, old hates and fears are laid bare and ignited. Miranda Barrett's debut play Birdwatching is an account of obsession, power, gendered violence and the individual ways we fall apart. Running from the 22nd to 24th of October at The Space as part of the London Horror Festival. Produced by Anarchy Division. Visit www.londonhorrorfestival.co.uk for details. So I guess we've got two avenues, right? We either go there or we do some more investigating. I'm not sure what else we can investigate. We can go to the library and I guess yeah, read the history, history of the Abbey and the area. History of the Abbey and yeah. also the try and look up if the, the, this the, type of creature. This, exactly, this type of creature or yeah. enchantment or whatever it is. Absolutely. It, at the moment, the only threat visible is if teenagers go hang out there at night, yeah. they might get attacked. So well, even then, they don't get attacked, they get chased. They get chased. Yeah. Like, obviously, this falling creature is faster yeah. than kids, we could easily jump on them and mm. tear them to bits, but it's not. It's yeah. literally just trying to guard. I kind of like, why don't we just leave them to it? Like, it's obviously not presenting a danger, it's just but it might chasing escalate, kids though. away. Yeah. If, like, if she hadn't have got to the fence in time. That's yeah. true. So, But we know that that danger is not going to kick in until this evening, which is when the teenagers will be there. So we've mm. got until this uh, evening yes. to do some investigating. Good point. So, so we may as well. Mm. Yeah. So I think we investigate so, all of those things. Should we go to the library, use yes. the computers to, to look at the companies, and then also the, I'll do the typing. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and others can read books. Yes. As you leave Diner's Delight, you can see, and you would have seen this on the way in as well, and just generally around over the past couple of months in town, there's still damage evident to Market Street, the historic cobbled uh, high street of Sheridan. There are kind of uh, craters in certain areas where cobbles have been pulled up. There are cones and low orange plastic fencing around these areas as they're being restored. Mm -hmm. There's like a sympathetic restoration going on. Um, And all of these uh, little marked out areas where restoration is happening have little signs on them saying restoration underway by Voop Regeneration, a member of Lundor Group. That's right. Voop. God, they've got all the contracts. You can also see several shop fronts were damaged in what what has been reported as a runaway construction vehicle. One of those ones that like has the big spike on it that is used to break mm-hmm. up concrete. Mm-hmm. One of those went rogue and dug up lots of bits of cobbles and ran into lots of shop fronts. 
Shop fronts are also under repair. Most of those are complete. The cobbles are taking longer because it's historic and it needs to be sympathetically restored. But where the shop fronts have been replaced, there's kind of an extra in place where uh, kind of along under the main windows in the kind of recessed doorways of some of these shops, there are now uh, little subtle rows of small metal nubs and spikes along the pavement in front of these shops and the doorways. Spikes. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Hostile anti-homeless spikes. I bet Jack, what's his name, is behind that? Mangrove. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jack Mangrove, the Tory councillor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the library has computers. They're not exactly the cutting edge, but they work and they're connected to the internet. They have Internet Explorer. Oh, great. <laughs> um, and Ask Jeeves. Yeah, there are obviously books. The book selection is not great, but it, it does have the local kind of parish records and Chamber of Commerce records mm. in the library as well. Mrs. McGrew doesn't seem to be around, Val McGrew, the librarian, but her volunteer assistant, Polly, is knocking about and is always very helpful. Um, the thing, interesting thing with Polly is she's a very, she seems to be more affected by the omission effect than anybody else any of you have met. For instance, if somebody saw Gwyn with her wings out, they would remember it as long as they were looking at her and then as soon as they kind of looked away or Gwyn flew away, they'd start to forget and just see a woman in their memory. With Polly, that effect occurs even about stuff that you just talk to her about. So if you told her, I saw a woman with wings, five minutes later she'd have forgotten you told her that. Right. Which makes her quite a good person to bounce stuff off. This is convenient. Mm. Very convenient. Does it mean with the wings thing? Mm. Like she could be looking at Gwyn with wings Mm. and then the second she looks away she forgets that she's got wings. Potentially, yeah. Oh, you've got wings. Oh, you've got wings. Oh, you've got wings. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, she's always sort of very happy to help and kind of useful at kind of finding the right records and showing you what to do on the computers when you're not so au fait with them and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. She's doing some sort of higher education course and volunteering here while she's, at, while she's at it. She sounds lovely. Do you want to kind of divide responsibilities so each of you investigates a thing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That sounds good. So who, who's going to investigate what? I was probably going to investigate the companies yeah. mm-hmm. with my financial expertise. Yeah. Nice. Great. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll look into Sheridan history to find mm-hmm. out what's going on with the Abbey. Great. Gwyn would not be great at searching for things online. Mm-hmm. Also, the last time she interacted with human written language, it was very different. So I, I feel like books were invented after she was turned into a duck. So obviously she isn't understands the concept now, mm-hmm. and can be, but it's not something that's oh, as... Yeah. Gwyn is used to bards yeah, rather than... telling stories. So maybe she talks to Polly yeah. instead. Yeah, cool. So we've got Graham looking at the companies, Ginny looking at the the Abbey, yep. any, any law around the Abbey. Yep. Uh, do we want to roll looking at Hugh Sawyer into looking at the companies? or? Yeah, sure. I'm not doing anything. I'll look, okay. I'll look up Hugh. Cool, cool, cool. Here's what you can get without a roll, and then we'll see if there's anything else that you want to pursue. Graham, mm-hmm. Lundor Group, P&Q Security, and Voop Regeneration are all public companies that have websites that you can Mm -hmm. find very easily. The links between them are very clear, like the two subsidiary companies, Voop and P&Q, have this banner along the bottom that says member of Lundor Group. Uh, They have office space in Sheridan uh, in an area called Duke Square. It's a new development. It's been kind of all the buildings are made up to fit in with the Sheridan Mm. historic aesthetic, but it is a new place. It's got a little square where people can go and have their cups of coffee, and then office buildings around the outside. Um, Lundor Group owns the square, and P&Q and Voop both have offices in one of the buildings there. Mm-hmm. Voop's remit is urban regeneration. P&Q's is security. Lundor Group is a holding group that has just a big, broad portfolio. And the other thing that you discover with your uh, investigation here is basically when the council was working out how to repair Market Street, they got various bidders in, mm-hmm. and Lundor Group won that process by basically offering to go above and beyond. Like, we'll not just fix Market Street for you if you appoint us, we'll also provide security for the street while it's being mm-hmm. done up. And they pitched a bunch of other kind of regeneration projects that they could do at the same time to add value to the, to the mm-hmm. local area, including the Abbey Links. And so they are now providing security for the Abbey Links, for Market Street, and for uh, the village green as well. Right. 
and the kind of regeneration stuff includes the work on Market Street, includes the Abbey Links, and includes various things like on the like replacing benches in kind of park areas mm-hmm. and street corners and that kind of thing. Right. So they essentially own the contract of Sheridan, the town, yeah. completely. It means if their employees are the same as Hugh Sawyer, then any of them could turn into these creatures, right? Who owns Lundell Group? The CEO of Lundell Group is named Max Dashwood. He is not Sheridan-based. You know, they've got offices in various different places, like everywhere that they're doing regen projects on, they'll have an office. He's not based out of Sheridan. This is a name Ginny knows, and this is the result of your luck earlier. Max Dashwood is part of the Guild of Sorcery. Oh, motherfucker. God damn it. Ginny, looking at the Abbey, mm. um, there's absolutely a ley line running under the Abbey. Um, there's a few ley lines around Sheridan, um, and this is quite a major one running under the Abbey. Anybody got any pictures for what the kind of, like, what type of Abbey it was? What kind of stuff went on there? Mm, I think it was an order of silent nuns. Yeah. From the outside, but actually, Coven of Witches. Great. Ooh, fun. Lovely. That totally makes sense with everything else that's happened in the east area. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, and obviously Henry VIII demolished it. Yeah. That's why it's it's ruins now. Right. He's the real monster in all this. (laughs) So there is some magical significance to the site. I mean, to be honest with you, Ginny's going to be more worried that, that, that a high-ranking member of the Sorcery Guild essentially has mm-hmm. control over quite a large portion of Sheridan mm-hmm. at the moment, mm-hmm. certainly in terms of restricting movement and access. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that's that's more worrying. Yeah. Ginny don't care about the dogman anymore. <laughs> yeah. Percy, uh, looking up Hugh Sawyer, you end up actually on some of the same websites as Graham. This mm-hmm. is one of these companies that they put all the pictures of their staff on, mm-hmm. the, on the website. But doing a little bit more digging, you can find that he is currently suspended. Mm. Like, as of last night, basically. Yeah. Not on active duty is kind of how he's listed. Um, And looking for his kind of Facebook and that kind of stuff, all locked down. Friends only, private only. So you reckon he wasn't supposed to assume that form? And that's why he's on suspension? Perhaps they're all able to do it, but their security guards, they're told to inhibit that alternate form. And when he gets jumpy and (laughs) gets really angry for some reason, he just sort of blows a, you know, flips a fuse. It could be that, or it it could just be, this is an employee of a company who's appeared in an embarrassing video and they're putting him on PR lockdown. It could Mm -hmm. be one or the other. Interesting. Is there any way to find out where he lives? That would definitely need a role. Okay. Go for investigate a mystery. Roll plus sharp. Don't want to use the curse now. <laughs> Seven. Cool. I think there's maybe one profile that wasn't locked down, or you managed to like get in with a sneaky friend request or something. Mm-hmm. He's on lockdown at Laneford's B and B in okay. Sheridan, mm. which you mm-hmm. you know as the B and B that Kincaid usually stays in when he's yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah. You wanted to talk to Polly? Yeah, and I guess I realised the other thing that we were going to look at, which we've not covered yet, um, Gwyn is going to ask her, where are the books on, like, stories yeah. about people turning into not-werewolves? <laughs> yeah. Um, where they might be, or... Because obviously Polly has read every single book in this library. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, what she remembers on that topic... Yeah. Yeah, basically, okay. I'm, I'm trying to do the what is this creature yeah. question, but Gwyn is trying to ask. Yeah, great. Polly's a, a big girl with big hair, uh, yeah. wears bright dungarees, always has like a load of pens and highlighters in the front pocket. Roll investigate a mystery okay. and we'll see how this goes. Ooh, uh, that's a 10. Oh, hey, nice. you get a couple of questions. It's two for investigate a mystery on a 10 plus, isn't it? It's two. Two, cool. So I guess we're going with what kind of creature is it? Yeah. I guess what kind of creature is it? And really, we, I want to know it's mo. Like, is this mm-hmm. a cre- is is Hugh someone that we need to help uh-huh. or stop? Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. We definitely have books about that kind of stuff. Uh, they'll all be in the soft binding wing. Um, all of that kind of stuff. Let me take you. Um, I could think I can remember what kind of shelf they'll be on. Uh, I he did. He's talked me through his organisational 
um, structure. It's not Dewey Decimal. It's it's arranged by like um, type of manifestation, creature, type of folklore, that kind of thing. There's a bit of a regional thing to it as well. And she's leading you through the shelves as she's... See, this is why I need this. you, because <laughs> I, I I cannot even begin to fathom any of this. Can you uh, make sure, just show me your library card quickly? Oh, just, yeah. Just to double check. I definitely have one of those. You do. You okay, have a, good, you have yeah. a Calisteria Soulbinding Wing library card. Great. Uh, okay. And werewolf, werewolf, werewolves. We don't want those. You said you don't want those. Uh, dog-like... Uh, animalistic, bestial, that kind of stuff? Yeah. Yeah, okay, great. And she starts, like, piling books into your arms. <laughs> Gwyn's face, like, gets more and more panicked the more books kind of put onto her arms. Uh, bring them over to the, over to the table and we'll, we'll go through them. We'll go through them here. Great. And she kind of, with unerring accuracy, is, like, flipping books open at the right page to find uh, the kind of things that you're looking for. Perfect. The best match you can find... Is something called a Barguest. It is a, a giant black dog-like malevolent spirit. Mm-hmm. It has associations with depression and kind of making places feel grim and unwelcoming. Mm-hmm. And it is fiercely territorial. Its general behaviour is to guard a territory against trespassers, basically mm-hmm. is what it does. It is a spectral spiritual being that uh, has no form of its own. It possesses sympathetic, like-minded mortals. Mm-hmm. So um, I say possesses, kind of like uses them as a substrate almost and forms around them in order to manifest. So it kind of exists in the ether, in the space that it is, it is marked as its territory. And people with the same kind of mindset of get off my lawn, keeping out trespassers, yeah. it finds easy to just take over when it needs a body to interact with uh, trespassers with. Cool. And its its first instinct is always just to chase people off, and it kind of gives up the chase once people are off its land, but it can become more aggressive. It can even kill to defend its territory if it feels like it needs to. Alexander Pankhurst as Graham, Josh Yard as Ginny Greenteeth, and Ellie Pitkin as Persephone Byron. Sound design for this production is by Natalie Winter, and the theme music is by Alexander Pankhurst. I'm Matt Boothman, and I play the supporting cast, as well as editing and producing the episode. We were playing Monster of the Week, a role-playing game by Michael Sands, published by Evil Hat Productions. You can find Monster of the Week at genericgames.co.nz. Merely Roleplayers is a Foggy Outline production in association with Blackshaw Theatre Company. Until next time, if drama be the food of life, play on. So many secrets. Phenomena. Phenomena. So.